Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. I want you to pay attention to those words. Now when Jesus heard this, heard what? But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. When he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides the women and the children. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Funeral food. The family gathers after their loved one dies. The news hasn't fully sunk in. Somebody says, we need to eat. Somebody else says, I'm not hungry. Somebody says, but the kids have to eat. Grandma has to eat. We need to have dinner. We've all been to those dinners before. After the family has come home from the hospital or the graveside or the funeral service or from the long trip to see them, we feel heavy and ancient, old and sluggish, slow, and we sit down to a table of food. We don't know we're hungry until we smell it. Then our our belly begins to growl. The church has brought some food, or the neighbors, or Adam, the grandson, has made a run to the local pizza palace. We gather around that table. Somebody reaches out their hands at the table. Everyone pauses. We take the hands of the people next to us, and there is silence and a collective sigh children in that circle look up 
and the dog sitting on the floor thumping their tails look up, and they're looking up into the faces of the adults, the glowing faces, streaked now with tears, eyes squeezed shut, and you feel the pulse of your neighbor in your own hand, and you feel a tremble and, and the sweat of it, this, this holiness, this space. How long has it been since you've had a moment like this? It's been so busy. Things have been so hard. And now there is this pause. And you're holding hands and the children and the dogs are looking up. We wipe our faces. We say, Amen. Thankfully, somebody had the presence to pray, finally to say some words, to offer a prayer. And someone begins passing the biscuits. Food brings a kind of relief. Life will go on, and it needs to be nourished. You know what I'm talking about. Food brings, well, conversation. You don't talk politics so much or religion or sports or the economy. You talk about the things you hold in common. You talk about how good life can be, how the crops are doing, what's going on with that neighbor who is always a little strange. You talk about the ties you share, the, the connections you have. Because it's been a long time since this group has been around a table. A long time, maybe never. Maybe never, but you're here now, and you start catching up. You talk about that person, that person who everybody misses. At first, everybody is a little shy to mention his name. But there's something about saying that name out loud that makes his death seem real, that makes his life seem eternal. Soon the funeral silences and the weariness give way to the clatter of forks and knives on plates full of food. Soon everyone is interrupting everyone else as you start to tell stories. The food is reviving this family and the biscuits and the butter, they come around again and the beans and the gravy and the ham. It's funeral food. And you'll never remember this meal. You won't remember who brought it, who made it, who bought it, what it was, how it tasted. These senses, the senses of memory and taste, are still too dull. But this meal gives strength beyond strength. As you pass the food and as you talk about that great soul you miss, the one for whom you are forever and deeply grateful. And someone stifles a laugh because laughter at a time like this is not appropriate. It's not holy. But then something comes out their nose because they're laughing so hard. And then the rest of us kind of join in. We lean into our napkins and we start to laugh. And then we begin to howl. We begin to howl because what he did 20 years ago on that roof with the garden hose is just too funny. Laughter and tears, after all, are so close to the same thing. And people are blowing their noses into linen dinner napkins. And children are falling asleep on laps, and somebody stirs sugar into a glass of iced tea. Praise God, you want to say, but you don't. You don't want to seem to be too religious. 
You just pass the watermelon and that demolished chicken and the wild rice casserole, and it's good. Oh, it's so good. This fellowship, this gathering, these people, these memories. Taste and see that the Lord is good, the psalmist would say. And this meal, this fellowship, this remembrance is, is oh so good. And you didn't even know you needed it, but you did. You did need it. And you thought you weren't hungry, but you were. You were hungry. You were hungry after all. And nothing can satisfy a restless crowd like a good meal of slow food. And as you're sitting there, you realize that God is with you. That God is here. The feeding of the 5,000, it isn't a funeral banquet. That's not what it is. But it might be for Jesus. What were those first words I asked you to remember? Now, when Jesus heard this, what he has heard is that his friend, his cousin John the Baptist, has been murdered and is dead and is gone. And people are grieving, and it hits him. It hits him, and so he gets in a boat and heads off to a place alone by himself that he might grieve. This, this food at this feast might be the first food he's eaten since he's heard the news, since he hears about this, this cousin who has died. So that's why at the beginning of the story, he withdraws to grieve. But the crowds follow him, and when he lands, they surround him. And Jesus did what Jesus always does. He had compassion on the crowd. He had compassion on them. He cured their sick. He made his way through that crowd. He visited with them. And when it came time to eat, he told his disciples, feed these people. They're really hungry. Now, the disciples wanted to send them to the nearest town. We don't have the food for them. Let's send them to the nearest town so they can buy some food for themselves so they won't starve. But Jesus would have none of that. You feed them. Jesus didn't want them going away. Some would have money for food. Others would not. Some would travel in their family group. How many of them were alone? How many would go hungry this night? This crowd might never gather again. It's been so long since we've been around this table. You feed them. Don't you dare send them away. Let's sit down here and have a meal. This wasn't a funeral meal for them. It wasn't a funeral meal for the crowd. But it might have been one for Jesus. He might have been starving for a little life. A little life. A little vitality. A little fellowship around shared food. When you eat together, you recommit yourselves to another round of living. You tap into life. You pass the manna. You share. You tell stories. You laugh. And your spirit and your body begins to, to feel life again, full again. The crowd doesn't know this, but we do. The miraculous meal that they shared there in that pasture is juxtaposed with Jesus' grief. Jesus wanted to feed these people. He didn't want to send them away alone. He didn't want to break the spell of this fellowship. He wanted to break bread together with these people. He knew life was difficult. He knew life was sacred. John's had been snuffed out before its time. 
He had lost his friend. And he wanted to eat with this crowd. He could not bear for anyone walking away alone. He wanted to gather these people like a mother hen gathers her brood beneath her wings. He didn't want, to, want them to scatter to the lonely corners of their world. Life forces us to learn to grieve. And grief forces us to learn to live. Life forces us to learn to grieve. And grief forces us to learn to live. That's part of what's happening at this holy impromptu banquet. Here in this story, the feeding of the 5,000, and here at this communion table, we are reminded that God is with us always. And with God, there's always plenty. There's always plenty. More than enough. Merciful hospitality abounds from everlasting to everlasting. And, and breaking bread with each other is a way of easing the barriers that separate us. Have you ever had a meal with somebody with whom you disagree? Spaghetti, say? And after a while, this person's face is kind of covered with spaghetti. And there's a noodle right under their eye. Hard to take them seriously, isn't it? And it's hard to take the animosity that divides you seriously, too. Because here's a brother or sister right across the table... And you're breaking bread together. You're sharing fellowship together. Eating together is a way of easing barriers. When we gather around a table, the hands go out and we hold on for a prayer. And just for a moment, we're hanging on for dear life. And the laughter and the tears, they seesaw together. And we pass around the food and we talk about our day. We make sure the water glasses stay full and we come to realize God is with us around this table. And so we pass the biscuits and the red-eyed gravy and the pan-fried ham. Jesus wanted that crowd to experience that kind of welcoming community. Don't send them away. You feed them. We only have a little bit. So share it. Bring it to me. Let's pray over it. You feed them. Don't break what's happening here. Tell people to sit down. Let's eat. Jesus wanted for them to experience that then. And Jesus wants us to experience that now. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.